Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I had a whole bunch of people send me this story, and uh, it was widely reported. I've got facts here from both NPR and the Associated Press. From NPR, Ayanna Archie writes, A jury rules a handwritten will found under Aretha Franklin's couch cushion is valid. And now, a lot of people are really fixated on that couch and that couch cushion. Uh, Of course, the couch and the couch cushion aren't really as important as you might think. It's simply they found a handwritten will of hers. And previously, she had made a will. And so if you make wills in order, uh, the later wills tend to control. That's how this works. But handwritten wills are also legal uh, in many states. But in Michigan, for instance, which is where Aretha Franklin lived and where she passed away, uh, a handwritten or a holographic will is what we call it. Uh, is perfectly legal as long as it conforms to certain standards. And I will also let you know that one of the people in the story is somebody I know. So that was pretty cool. I like to see names pop up of people I know in stories I'm doing on my channel. Uh, A jury in Michigan, and yes, if it comes down to a fight over the facts, uh, a jury can settle it. A jury in Michigan has ruled that a handwritten will by the late soul singer Aretha Franklin is valid, according to Associated Press. In 2019, uh, Aretha Franklin's niece found three handwritten documents around the singer's home in suburban Detroit. One was dated 2014 and was found underneath a couch cushion. Now, two of Franklin's sons argued through their lawyers that they wanted the latter note to override a separate will that she had done in 2010. The opposing party was their brother, whose lawyer argued that the 2010 will should stand because it was found under lock and key in Aretha Franklin's home. So he's saying, look, she had one that she locked up. Obviously, that's the important one. The one that she's got underneath her couch cushions, I mean, is that really official? Is that where you keep your important documents? And it turns out that where you keep your important documents is irrelevant. It's more important as to which of these wills did you intend to control. And generally speaking, if you write one and then you write a second one, the reason you wrote a second one is because you want it to take place of the first one. The most recent will stipulates that uh, one of the sons, as well as Aretha Franklin's grandchildren, would be entitled to her home in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Bloomfield Hills, Michigan is Oakland County, very, very nice area. Uh, I know exactly where her house was, uh, and that's a very nice neighborhood. The 2010 will says her sons would need to get a certificate or degree in business before becoming entitled to her estate, but she dropped that requirement in the 2014 version, according to the Associated Press. Both versions of the will allow her four sons to benefit from her music royalties and copyrights, and her fourth son lives in an assisted living facility and was not present at the trial. Though many of the documents were hard to read because her handwriting isn't the best, the jury concluded that the 2014 will had her name signed at the bottom with a smiley face written inside the letter A. And if you go online and look up her signature, and you can find it, that's how she signed her name. So that was her signature. Uh, She, of course, is known as the Queen of Soul for her hits such as Respect, Chain of Fools, Daydreaming, and others. And by the way, I worked as a disc jockey for many years, including at oldies stations. I played Respect more times than you could shake a stick at it. Uh, And one of the things I'd like to point out, and and this is interesting, we'll get back to that story in a second, is that she sold over 75 million records, 75 million records. 
And uh, because of her association with Michigan and Detroit, a lot of people assume that she was a Motown artist. And of course, Motown's a record label, and she was never on the Motown label. She was with Columbia, Atlantic, and then later she was with Arista. But she was never a Motown artist in that respect. But um, she was a fabulous singer, and she's one of those voices that that is, uh, you know, like a, a only a couple times in a generation. She's routinely listed among the greatest female vocalists of all time, and quite often among the greatest vocalists of all time. So, in closing arguments, lawyers for two sons said the fact that the 2014 papers were found in a notebook in couch cushions did not make them less significant. And the attorney says, you can take your will and leave it on the kitchen counter. It's still your will. And that's Charles McKelvey speaking to the jury. And I know Charlie. Uh, Charlie McKelvey uh, is one of the principals of a law firm I've been dealing with literally my entire career. Um, And at one time or another, his law firm has represented at least two of the big three, uh, as well as other automakers. So I know Charlie, I know other attorneys who work with Charlie, uh, and he's a really, really good guy, but he's also a very, very smart guy, and he's a very, very good attorney. And I had no idea he was involved in this case until I was reading all the stories the other day. I'm like, whoa, Charlie, hey, how you doing, my friend? Another lawyer, Craig Smith, pointed to the first line of the document, which was displayed on four large posters in front of the jury, and says right here, this is my will. This is my will. It's hard to get more specific than that. This is my will. He said, she's speaking from the grave, folks. So the two sons had teamed up against their brother, and their brother had favored the 2010 will. Uh, His attorney noted the earlier will was under lock and key, and it was much more important than papers merely found in a couch. So he said, we were here to see what the jury would rule. We'll live with it. The jury found that the 2014 version was signed by Aretha Franklin, who again put the smiley face in the letter A. There still will be discussions over whether some provisions of the 2010 will should be fulfilled. It's possible that the second will doesn't replace the entire first will because there could be things that were left open by the second will that were answered in the first will, which might be important. Not going to go there right now. The judge told all sides to file briefs and attend a status conference next week. Meanwhile, the estate manager has been paying bills, uh, settling tax debts, which went up in the millions of dollars, and generating income through music royalties and other intellectual property. Uh, The will dispute, however, has been the unfinished business in all of this. Uh, There were differences between the 2010 and 2014, uh, but under the 2014 will, uh, Kikaf Franklin and the grandchildren will get the main home in Bloomfield Hills. At one time, it was valued at $1.1 million, but they think it's mer- worth much more than that right now. And so um, the sharpest remarks of the trial came from the attorney who represented Edward Franklin. He told the jury that the one brother wants to disinherit his two brothers, and um, one of them wants it all. So it did appear that some of the brothers weren't speaking to each other, which is very sad because a lot of people, if asked, what do you think will happen to all your stuff when you die? Some people will simply say, I don't want to think about it. Don't want to think about that. Can't we think about that later? Can't we think about that when I die? Well, you'd like to think about it a little bit before you die. 
besides the practical problems of thinking about it after you die, uh, you have the problems with what happens with your stuff. And more fights break out over people's stuff than almost anything else you see in court. And I know you're going to say, but Steve, divorces get ugly. Oh, yeah, divorces are up there. Number two on the list, battles over wills. And you will see families torn apart. And you'll also see families squandering legal fees on tearing the families apart. And that's the kind of thing that kills me. Now, it did say that the estate brought in a ton of money in the time since she passed away, but most of it's already been spent. And a lot of that was spent on legal fees. That's the problem. That, to me, is an utter waste of resources. Now, I know you're, just, you're an attorney. Well, of course I'm an attorney, and, and, and attorneys get paid. But you kind of wonder why the two sides didn't sit down and go, okay, what's the difference between these two wills? Is there really that big of a difference? And do we want to spend half a million or a million dollars in legal fees hashing that out? Because it looks like it may have been close to a million dollars spent in legal fees, and if not yet, it will be. But again, my friend Charlie McKelvey is one of the attorneys, so he's making some of that money. But he won, so he, <laughs> he deserved what he got. But if you're curious about what a holographic will is and how it works, and find out if one's valid in your state, look up your state. Just go, you know, if you live in Tennessee, type in Tennessee holographic will requirement or Michigan holographic will requirement, and you'll find out pretty quickly whether they're legal in your state and what's required. Generally speaking, a holographic will is one that you write in your own hand the entire document. So you don't type it up on a word processor and then print it out on a laser printer and then sign it. No. The entire thing must be in your handwriting. So in your handwriting, write out the whole thing and then sign it and date it and make sure somebody knows it exists. Because if nobody knows it exists and they don't find it in time, there's a very good chance they're going to say, oh, died without a will. And you have to understand there are rules on what happens to your stuff if you die without a will. Some of it's pretty obvious, some of it's not. So if you are married at the time that you die, there's a very, very good chance that the estate simply passes to your spouse. Makes complete sense. What happens if you die without a spouse? What happens if you die without children? Who gets your stuff then? And there's all these different rules of succession. So it very well can be that someone who dies without children, some of their stuff might go to their parents if their parents are still alive. Or it might go to their siblings. Or it might go to their nieces and nephews. And you might be happy with that. But I I know that there are a lot of people out there, unfortunately, who don't understand that. And if they knew, they would care but they don't care enough to look into it now to figure that out. And so I took a class in law school on wills and estates. We talked all about that stuff. And you read these cases about families just fighting and fighting and fighting. And quite often, it boils down to the person died without a will, or they died and they left it in such a way that they had a will, but they didn't clarify exactly some major point or they died and they left five wills, and, and three of them weren't dated, you know, that kind of thing. So you'd be surprised at how little mistakes can be turned into big things when families go into court and go, oh, wait a second, if I can get that second will struck down, then I get what's in the first will. 
So the fact that the second wheel is found underneath the couch cushions, oh, there we go. We'll, we'll hang our hat on that. And this is one where I read the facts of this going into when they're going to do the trial. And my first thought was it's irrelevant. The fact that the couch cushion is in the headline of the story is only there because people do find it interesting. But among the people who don't find it interesting, judges, doesn't matter. You're telling me you've got a perfectly valid will that gets invalidated because it's underneath the couch cushion? Is there a rule on the books that says beware of couch cushions? <laughs> couch cushions will invalidate the will. No, of course they won't. What the court looks at is, did the decedent intend this to be their last will and testament? And did they meet the requirements of the law? So they were simply asking the jury, hearing all the facts that came out of the case, Looking at the two documents, do you find that Aretha Franklin intended the 2014 document to be her last will and testament? Or did she intend the one from 2010 to be her last will and testament? And in that case, what the heck was 2014? What was that? So they came back pretty quickly in favor of the 2014. Uh, of course, in court, all bets are off, especially the juries. But I think the jury got this one right. So there you go. A uh, jury has ruled that the handwritten will found under Aretha Franklin's couch cushion is valid. And that should wrap up most of what they've been fighting about there in Oakland County Circuit Court up there at 1200 North Telegraph in Pontiac, Michigan, a building I've been in many, many times. Ayanna Archie wrote that for NPR. AP had a bunch of facts I picked up as well. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Mark my words. Seriously, Mark, I need my words.